Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey, everybody, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Here we go. Thanks for joining us, Spotify, Apple, Megaphone, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're back. We're back from our big road trip, bringing our new truck down to Cabo, and we're going to be going live every day here at 12 o'clock like we have for the last three years. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, we're going to be talking about fish and halibut because it's been such a prolific halibut bite this this uh, springtime. So we're going to delve into that a little bit today and talk about techniques and where where to, how to, when to, and all about the things I think you need to know when you're halibut fishing. That's what we're going to kind of run over today. We're going to talk about halibut fishing. We're going to kind of talk about what's been going on last week, what happened this weekend with all our members out fishing. We got a big show coming up. I, I, I'm sure most of you have seen it already. We're promoting the heck out of it. But Mr. Tito Ortiz is going to join us on Friday for our podcast. Those of you that don't know who Tito is, look him up. Tito's a big, big name in the, the MMA world. He, he, uh, but he's really a fisherman at heart. That's his, that's his passion. That's his love. And so we're going to be having Tito on here. We're going to be talking fishing and talking about fishing with his kids and all the great things he does to give back to the community. And now he's down in Florida, and he's done a ton of stuff for everybody down there after that gnarly hurricane came through the Keys there and wiped out all those fine people down there. So Tito's been working very, very hard with the community down there, and now he just opened a restaurant. So we're going to be talking with him a lot on Friday about all the cool things he's got going on and really talking to him deep about fishing because that's his passion that's what he loves he loves to fish and uh he's pretty darn good at it so don't miss that show on friday also those of you on spotify and apple and megaphone you can always listen to all of our shows we post them right after we're done doing them live so thank you all for always watching us and paying attention to us and Thank you guys for uh, showing Shayla the love the other night when I got back into town. We did the live show with Shayla Manzer from John's Fish Market in Dana Point Harbor. And I want to thank everybody for all that love. She really appreciated it. She was pretty taken back by all the people that watched the show and all the great comments. So thank you very, very much for that. Marley's fired up. He's happy we're back in town. You see him right there above my shoulder. He's just watching, checking things out, making sure you're all paying attention, and uh, we're going to talk about halibut fishing today, and there's been some phenomenal halibut fishing. A lot of our members are just absolutely killing it. Drew here and his buddy were out fishing halibut beginning or the end of last week, and they posted a phenomenal report on our website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. In the community section, you can go over there and read about it. 
He tells you exactly where he caught him. He tells you exactly how he caught him. And he tells you exactly what time he caught him and what beaches he was fishing on. I don't know anybody else that has that going for him. I don't know any other website that's giving you all the information. And then you have a possibility to catch fish like that. People are sharing all the information. And then there's a big tournament coming up, Marina Del Rey, this next week. Oh, yeah, and happy Memorial Day to everybody. I know most people are off work today and uh, kids are out of school. So happy Memorial Day to everybody. And thanks for taking a few minutes out of your busy day to join us on the podcast today. And I thank you very, very much for all your support. But we're talking halibut today, gang. If you don't know anything about our website, we have videos about every, pretty much everything you can think of to fish for in Southern California. And we have a section all about halibut, where to catch them, how I rig up to catch them. And my way might not be the best way, but it's the only way I feel comfortable fishing for them. And that's with the sliding sinker and direct connection to my bait so I can feel it when it bites it. So I can feel the halibut when he grabs the bait and starts to pull the line off the reel. I know I have instant contact with the fish that way. That's how I like to do it. A lot of guys like to use the dropper loop or the reverse dropper loop or, or a uh, trap rig. There's so many different ways, but the only thing I can show you how to do it is how I like to do it. And so if you were to delve into our website, just go ahead and Grab that QR code, those of you that aren't familiar with the website. Those of you that are, you already know how much information is important. You have to have good information, especially when you're going to go fishing. You got to have really good information. And you got to have a really good plan. Most of this halibut that's been biting has been caught in the shallow waters. It's been caught in that water from let's say 60 feet on into the beach, all the way into 15 feet of water. Depending on the swell, that's gonna determine where, how close to the beach you can fish. But the closer you can get, the better it seems that the fishing's been. And if you read that, I'm just gonna read a couple of lines off of that report that Drew left on, on the community on our website. But he says, uh, Every single drift was a bite. We spanked them today. We got eight halibut. Seven out of the eight were 25 pounds. We lost about the same amount we caught and missed a ton more bites. And he, he was also, he was fishing very shallow water. Most of his bites were in the 20 foot, 20 foot of water. Fished all the way out to 50 feet, but most of his bites were in 20 feet of water. And when you go over to the website and you look at the community section and you just go and you read what Drew did and you're like, wait a minute, he's even telling, I'm not going to tell you on the show. That's not fair. You have to go over to the website and check out the information. But he tells you exactly what beaches he was on. He tells you exactly how insane it was. He said he didn't see another single boat all day and every beach he hit was Good, good, good. So that's kind of a kind of cool that members are over there sharing that information. But here's something that I also talked to and Jack and I had a long conversation. He's one of our members. I talked to him yesterday about this halibut fishing. When you go halibut fishing, gang, it's super important to be committed to halibut fishing 
that zone that you're going to go to. If you're going to go and fish the beaches at one of the islands, you have to go and fish the beaches at one of the islands. You can't fish the beach for 15 minutes and then go fish the kelp for 15 minutes, then go fish the pier for 10 minutes, then go back and try to fish the beach again for 15 minutes. And then, no, you have to be pot committed. You have to be all in. You got to push all your chips in and go, okay, we're halibut fishing today. So now we're going to spend the day halibut fishing. We're going to spend the day working that beach. We're going to start in that 50 foot of water and drift. Once we get to the end of that beach, then we're going to go in to 40 feet of water and drift. Then we don't get bit there. We're going to go in to 30 feet of water and drift. Then we're going to go to 20 feet of water and drift. Then if we got bit in 50, we're going to go back out there and try that. If we got bit in 30, you're going to have to try different depths and you're going to have to be pot committed. Too many guys that I talk to tell me, hey, Dave, we went halibut fishing yesterday. I'm all, yeah, did you catch anything? Well, no. And we gave it like six hours. Where? Well, we fished the pipe. We fished the pier. We fished the break wall. We fished the... the like, how did you do all that in six hours? No. You should have spent four, three or four hours. The... Two hours before the slack tide, two hours after the slack tide, then go home and just stay on that one spot. If you're going to fish the pipe, you're going to do that for the four hours. If you're going to fish the, the beach, you're going to do that for the four hours. You're going to find the area that you're going to fish in and you're going to spend the whole time fishing it. The guys that are successful halibut fishing, they're, they're all in. They've pushed all their chips in and they spend the day fishing that zone. Now, these guys were very successful and they found the fish in that zone that they found them in and they stayed in that zone, but they wanted to look at some other beaches and they already had a couple fish on the boat. How awesome is that, that you already have a couple fish on the boat? Now you're going to go in and look some other beaches and see if they're biting on those beaches. And what they found is that everywhere they went and did the exact same thing, they were very, very successful, but they already had fish on the boat. If you don't have any fish on the boat and you're not getting bit in that 50 foot of water, you're moving to the 40, you got to stay with it. You got to stay committed to doing it. Another thing that I see a lot of people do is they fish with too much weight, too big of a hook, too heavy of line. All these things matter. Another thing I was listening to uh, the guys over at Captain's Concept talking about fishing yesterday on Let's Talk Hookup. And... They, they said it perfect, just like I say it all the time. The more stuff you tie to your line, the more chance of failure. So when you start to try a trap hook on, now you got two more knots that have a chance to fail. When you tie a swivel on, now you got three knots that have a chance to, to fail. You got your main line going to your swivel, then you got the line coming off the swivel going to your hook. Then you got your knot to your hook. So there's three chances for failure. You got put your weight on there. Now there's four chances for failure. Every time you tie another knot, there's another chance for a failure. And it that's why I like to tie my line straight to through the sliding sinker and straight to my hook. So that that's the only connection I have is to my hook. And that's how I like to do it. And I like to drop my bait down to the bottom with the least amount of weight possible. It's super important to understand that. 
Well, Dave, last time I went, I used five ounces of weight. Okay, you might have been in 100 feet of water. I can understand that. If you're going to go fish the beaches, you're going to want to go with the least amount of weight possible to get contact with the bottom. And you're not going to want to have your line stretched way out. When you're drifting, if you have it stretched way out, like it's not straight up and down or it's not just a tiny little bit of angle, then you're not really going to feel what's going on. You want to make sure that you're having contact with the bottom, but as close to straight up and down as you can as you drift along, tap, 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 tap. The bait is making contact with the bottom or your sinker. And then as soon as you feel that bite or that fish grab your bait, when you're using a sliding sinker, all of a sudden, the only thing that fish is going to feel is the pressure you put on with your index finger or your thumb, however you like to hold your reel. That's how I like to do it. I don't want him to feel that weight. I don't want him when he grabs the bait to feel the weight and he's dragging the weight around. I just think it's a cleaner bite. I think it's, how did you get down there? How did, hey, get back up there. Get up, get up, get up. Don't go down there. You're not supposed to be down there. You know that, little monkey. All right, so it's super important to not have too much weight. Then you can't feel anything except your big clunky weight bouncing on the bottom and then you don't feel the fish. That's why I'm going to use that. And I it's the same thing with sea bass fishing that I talked about a couple weeks ago where when I cast out, I let it sink through the water column with the least amount of weight possible. It's the same thing fishing for halibut. I got to make sure that I'm making contact with the bottom for sure. Absolutely, I'm with you. But if I can get away making contact with the bottom with a half ounce of weight, it's going to be a much more enjoyable, funner day. I'm going to feel the bites better. Everything's going to feel cleaner. It's going to feel much better. Just like if you're going to, like, some guys like to use a dr reverse dropper loop. I don't understand that. But if you're going to use a reverse dropper loop, you're going to want to probably use the least amount of weight possible because that halibut's going to come up there and grab your bait and he's going to start to swim away with it. And if he's dragging a five-ounce weight, there's a pretty good chance he's going to let go of your bait. But if he's dragging a one ounce weight and he's a 20 pound fish, he won't even really feel that. But if you can get away the least amount of weight possible, it's going to make it so much more fun because you're going to have contact with your bait at all times. And that's the fun of fishing is having contact with your bait when you're fishing so that you're actually engaged in the act of fishing. You can feel your bait. You can feel it getting excited. You can feel it start to start to really get nervous and shake and then all of a sudden that halibut grabs it and it's a slow steady pull and you let him eat it you let him eat it you let him eat it then you set the hook a lot of times too people will make this huge mistake halibut's membrane in his mouth is very very soft the chance of your hook penetrating and going into the bone of the halibut's mouth aren't very good okay so you got to remember when you set the hook, you want to set it once, then you just want to slowly wind and that halibut will slowly come to the surface. A lot of times they won't even know they're hooked until right when he gets to the surface of the water. So you, a lot of guys will jerk and jerk and jerk like I show on a lot of my videos. And what you're doing is you're just tearing that soft mouth of that halibut 
a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more until finally the hook falls out. So you set the hook once and then you slowly turn the handle. And you'll be able to tell if you do that also by the way the, the fish is reacting as he's slowly coming up. A halibut's going to feel like you're just pulling up a piece of carpet off the bottom or an old boot or something. Sand bass going to spin. And you're going to know right away. You're going to go, oh, he's spinning. I got a sand bass. Now it's wind a little bit faster and get him up, get him off, and get him over the side and get your bait back down there. If you're starting to catch sand bass, shovel nose sharks, stuff like that on the bottom, that tells you you're in a zone where the halibut are because there's fish there because why? There's food there. All the fish are, they're just not nilly-willy swimming around the beach. They're usually congested into a zone where there's some food, where there's some bait fish. A lot of times when I'm going to fish the beaches on the at Catalina or Clemente or along the coast, I'm going to look around the zone that I want to fish in, but I'm going to look around for what? Bait. I'm going to look around for the bait. I'm going to meter or use my fish finding apparatus, my pedometer, to locate the bait. When I start to find where the bait is, I'm going to mark my GPS. I'm always going to have it on with the track tracker on so I can see where I've been looking at and what I've been doing. Then when I mark some bait, I mark it on the GPS because normally that bait will be kind of staying in that same zone. And I'll figure out where the bait start, the bait ball, and where it ends. Then I'll mark that. Then I'll swing back around and I'll make sure that it's still kind of close to where I just marked it. Then I will start to fish where the bait is because 99.9% .9 of the time, the fish, any kind of fish, marlin, halibut, follow the groceries. So wherever the food is, that's where the halibut are going to be. So once you locate the bait, it's super important to try to remember where it was. And the easiest way to remember that is to mark it on your GPS. Once you hit mark, now you know that's where that bait ball was. I drifted by it. Now I'm going to drive back over there. Look around with my fish finder, find where the bait is again, and then drift over it again. What a lot of people make a big mistake too when they're halibut fishing is they go out there and they drop their line down to the bottom. And if Captain Dave tells them to fish that zone for four hours, they will nonstop drift for four hours. That's not what you want to do. You want to locate the beach or that zone, the pipeline or whatever that zone is. Then you want to locate the bait in that zone then you want to constantly be drifting back and forth across that zone, back and forth across where the bait is, back and forth across the zone where the pipe, if you're fishing one of the pipes up or down the coast, if you got that off of our game plan and I told you go fish the pipe, you're going to want to locate where most of the bait fish are on the pipe. Then you're going to want to try to drift that zone over and over and over again. If you've ever been diving or anything, you'll always see the halibut are going to be right up close to the structure where all the food is. So maybe one side of them is touching the hard bottom or the rock and the other side of them are their belly and everything else is laying in the sand. They like to camouflage themselves right on the edge of the structure. So as the bait comes over the structure, they can gobble it right up. That's why it's imperative to know where the structure is, know where the bait is, and be able to make sure that your bait is getting down to the bottom and staying in contact with the bottom 
but not too much weight. You don't want that weight clanging around and making all kinds of racket with beads and swivels and all kinds of garbage that's going to keep the fish from eating it. You got to remember too, a lot of this halibut grew up on the beach, grew up being fished hard, grew up seeing all the garbage you throw out there all the time. Ever since they were little, they see all this garbage you're throwing out there. But what they've never seen is a bait coming off a sliding sinker and that bait's down there's free swimming around and they're like, wow, that doesn't look like all the garbage that most of these people have been throwing at us. And they just see the bait and they come up and gobble it up. That's why I think it's super important to make sure that you are using the sliding sinker method. That's in my head because of being a diver for so long and spending a lot of time under the water, just like I did on top. I'm trying to think like a fish and I'm trying to figure out what is going to cause the reaction bite of that halibut. Now, my good buddy, Matt Stabley, that guy is a bounce ball guy that Everything I just talked about, you can just throw it in the trash because when you're bounce balling, he's using all kinds of crap on that thing. He's got flashers and swivels and beads. And he's dragging a big rubber lure down on the bottom and those halibut don't even hesitate. They just come up. So I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. The first time I went bounce balling with him, I was like, wait a minute, you just took away everything I said. But my way works flawlessly for me, and it's been working for me for 60 years. It works really, really well. Then you see the bounce ball guy, and you're like, what in the heck? You know how they always say that the halibut comes up and nibbles on your bait, nibbles on your bait? When you're bounce balling, it is a violent attack of a bite. That fish doesn't nibble on it. It comes up there and just smokes that thing while you're slow trolling at a half a knot. So... There's time and a place for all the garbage to be tied on your line. I'm a, I'm a bait guy. I like to fish with bait. And I like to think that it's super important to make sure that the, the bait looks as natural as it possibly can. That's why I'm going to use that sliding sinker method. And I never, ever put a bead on my line. And I never put a swivel on my line. That's how I fish them. That's, and that's all I can, like I tell you in all my videos, all I can show you is how I do it. I can't, I don't have a machine that, I can look into how you do it and show you how you do it. You all know that. And that's just humor. So calm down, relax. Don't leave that comment. And uh, w one thing I can promise you, though, is if you don't go out there and spend the time focusing on that one zone, and if you have, an here's another thing. I I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. But here's another thing that's super important. If you're going to take friends out, you're probably not going to go halibut fishing unless it's someone that's fished with you for a long time and understands what it takes to catch halibut. And if you have children on the boat and stuff, it's almost impossible to do it because they don't have the attention span. And plus you're like I say in all my how to take children fishing videos, you want them to be able to catch some fish, have some fun. We need action. We need nonstop action when they have the children on the boat. If you're halibut fishing with children, you're blowing it because there's no action. It's You're waiting for that one special bite to catch that 20-pound halibut. You and I both know how exciting it is and how important it is, and we're going to put in our time. But if you're taking children doing it, you're blowing it. 
You're probably not going to get to spend the time that needs to be spent focusing on fishing for halibut. So you're kind of sh shooting yourself in the foot right away to begin with. And then the next thing is, is you got to stay committed. You have to have to stay committed. It's super important to stay committed to doing what you're doing. Don't come off your game plan. If, if you went to your saltwater guide and you looked at the game plan and it said to go fish the beach at Salta Verde, go fish the beach at Salta Verde inside the kelp, fish at 35, 40 feet of water and drift in there and spend that four hours from slack tie or from uh, an hour before or two hours before and two hours after the tide. Be in there and do it that whole time. Don't get caught up looking off in the distance and seeing four or five boats setting around and then you end up start fishing for boats. That is going to take you out of the whole thing and you're probably not going to catch a halibut. Because yeah, you're going to spend the day moving around. You got to stay pot committed on this halibut thing. And then bait is super important to understand what they're feeding on right now. At most of the islands offshore right now, they're feeding on squid. They're feeding on that squid. That's the key. That's the thing they're feeding on. Because why? Because there's squid at all the offshore islands right now. So you're going to go back to the, the fly fishing guys that tell you match the hatch. It's going to be imperative that you match the hatch. You're going to want to fish with what they're eating. Now, along the coast, it's a lot of sardines and anchovies, and there's not as much squid. So as you move in and start to fish the coast, if you fish like the pipes at El Segundo or the pipes down at Newport or the pipe at San Onofre, now we're going to start to fish with the number one bait I talk about all the time is grunion. If you have some of those frozen in the freezer, definitely fish with grunion. If you don't, and your next best choice is going to be anchovies, but I know that doesn't happen very often. So now you're going to use that sardine or you're going to use a live mackerel. A lot of guys like to use that smaller greenback mackerel. You're going to do that thing that I show you on my video where we cut the piece of the tail off. So he's, that mackerel's not up there swimming your weight all over the place. That's when you're not going to be able to fish with a small half ounce slider. When you're going to start to use your mackerel, you might even have to just go with the dropper loop with an extended loop so that that bait's actually got contact with the bottom. But yeah, if you're fishing on the beaches, yeah, Alex, I like to use that sliding sinker around cat beaches yesterday. You got three sharks and then you probably left the area and it was just starting to get healthy and it was just starting to get good. You found out where the bait was because those sharks were where the bait was and those halibut were probably hanging out right there. You were one drift away from catching the big halibut. After you caught your third shark, you were like, there's nothing here except sharks. Let's get out of here. And you had found where the halibut were, but you left right before the miracle happened. What we talked about a little bit earlier was once you find where the fish are located, halibut, sharks, rays, sand bass, all that stuff swimming around following the bait balls. It's not just nilly willy living in the sand. So once you locate where they are, where the sharks are, where the, the uh, sand bass are, where the leopard shark, shovel nose, bat rays, all that stuff's hanging out at that one zone because there's food there. Halibut are hanging out there too. 
waiting for your bait to come sliding by them. If you've ever seen the halibut also, and I know I jump around a lot, but I have so much stuff that I like to, I want to talk to you about. And I get so excited talking about fishing because I love to fish. As a matter of fact, I took Shayla and her, and her boyfriend, Eric, out fishing yesterday. Or, no, the day before yesterday, rooster fish fishing. And we got four. And you're going to get to see those videos. And Shayla got a big one. She got a 25-pound rooster. It was pretty spectacular. So you'll get to see those videos. But I just love to fish. It's like super passionate. So I'm jumping around and I'm not staying focused on one thing. And I'm sorry. But the neat thing is, is everything I'm talking about, over at my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com, grab that QR code. Everything I'm talking about, I have a video about. All the spots I talk about, I have videos about. Everything I talk about, I have videos about. You want to check it out over at my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com, so that you're not out there trying to figure this thing out on your own. Because like I always say, the people that are telling you to figure it out on your own, like I had to, well, they're lying. They didn't figure it out on their own. Someone helped them, pointed them in the right direction and tried to teach them how to do it. And then they may have gone out there and been successful. And then they've taken the knowledge that they've gained by someone who taught them. And then they're fine tuning it and getting it to where it works for them. That's what you can do at yoursaltwaterguide.com. It's super imperative that you make sure that at least if you're going to go fishing, you have some kind of a plan, especially with the price of fuel today and the price of bait, and all the other things that go along with owning a boat, it's going to be imperative that you have a plan and you stick with it. Real quick, I just want to talk about something because we were offline last week, and this contest is still running. And Steve and Ben over at Promar want to thank everybody for visiting their, their store. But if you just hit this QR code with your phone right now, and then open it up and go into the store. That's going to get you. You don't have to buy anything. You just have to enter the store. That'll get you involved in the contest. Promar IUSA is giving away a grab bag of stuff. Some live deception lures, a shirt, a hat. Your saltwater guy is going to throw a shirt in on this. They're going to give you a grab bag with some lures, probably some rock cod squirts and stuff. They're going to give that away on June 1st to one lucky person that grabs the QR code and then that way where they know you entered through your saltwater guide when you enter that store all you got to do is go look at the store when you're in there you're probably going to buy some stuff because you're going to go I had no idea Promarahi made all the stuff that I use every day you're going to be blown away all the stuff you, that you use every day is available at their store and then when you go to check out, you don't even have to put in the code because you went in through the QR code. You're going to get my 10% discount from your saltwater guide. But just all of you, just grab the QR code with your phone. It's free. And that way you get entered in the contest. All you got to do is open up the store. You're in the store. One lucky person. We're going to pick the name out of a hat. On June 1st, you're going to win that grab bag of cool stuff. So check that out. All right. So back to what we were talking about, the halibut. When I'm fishing those halibut and I'm fishing with the sardine or the anchovy or the mackerel or the, or the grunion, I'm hooking it side to side through the nose or side to side through the back of the head so that that bait's going to have a tendency to drag straight on the bottom. I don't want to hook it in the side. I don't want to hook it. 
from the chin up through the top of the nose or from the top of the nose down through the chin. Because I don't know if you've ever seen a fish, but they're, the sides of their mouth are super soft. And the roof of their mouth and the bottom of their jaw are rock hard. So if you're hooking the bait from the top to the bottom or the bottom through the top, you're going to be trying to hook them in the hardest part of their mouth. But if you hook the bait side to side, when they, the hook does go in, it's going to go into the side of their mouth to that soft skin right there. You got a much better or a much higher hook ratio chance when you hook your bait like that. And then if you don't know how to hook your squid, well, we have a whole video about how to hook your squid on your, on your uh, lead head or on your thin wire mustad or thin wire gamagato or thin wire owner hook. And uh, it's imperative that when you put that squid, you throw it out there and you drag it with your rod to see, you don't want that squid spinning through the water. Just like you don't want your grunion or your mackerel or your anchovy. When you throw it out there, just take a second and drag it through the water and see if it's dragging straight. If it's spinning at all, then it's going to do that on the bottom when you're fishing it. When you're, when you're drifting and your bait's on the bottom, if it's spinning on the bottom as you're drifting, that's no bueno. You want it to be dragging along the bottom just like it would if it was swimming, if it was a natural bait without a hook in it. A regular bait is not going to be down there spinning around in circles as it's going by the halibut. And a lot of times, I don't know what you think, but I think if it doesn't look natural, the fish aren't going to bite it. So if your bait is hooked proper, it should go straight through the water. And the easiest way to do that is cast it out, put it in gear, and pull the rod towards you and look at your bait and see what it's doing going through the water. And then then... If everything looks good, fire it down to the bottom and drift that bottom. And then a lot of people weren't with us. I mean, we were up to 65 people here watching live right now on Facebook alone. When you're dragging that bait on the bottom and the line gets so far out in front of you that it's coming straight off the tip of your rod and going out towards the horizon, that's not good. That is not good. You, don't, you have way too much line out, first of all. Second of all, you probably aren't having much contact with your bait or with the bottom because you have so much what we would call scope in your line. And that's not a good thing. And a lot of times that's going to be caused by the wind blowing too hard. So you, conditions have a major factor on halibut fishing. Conditions are, have a major factor. Now, a lot of these sport boats that are Catching this halibut early in the morning on the sea bass grounds. They're catching it as a bycatch on the anchor. And they're not catching that sea bass because the people are laying their bait flat on the bottom. That's how they're catching it on the anchor. And then a lot of them, what they'll do is they'll just pull the anchor after the hour before sunrise and the hour after. And they didn't get their sea bass. And they'll go drift the beaches for a little while to try to catch some halibut. But if the wind's blowing very hard, it will not work. You're going to have to have a different plan. That's why over on my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com, we talk so much about the wind. So much about the wind because the wind is a major factor on fishing. Comfortability of the boat, comfortability of the drift is super important. 
if the wind's blowing very, very hard, you're going to go way too fast. You're not going to get to fish those zones that you want to fish in. You're not going to get to cover them the way you want to cover them. You're going to be drifting too fast. You're going to have to put on too much weight. None of those things are going to work. So you want to go to, a, if you're not on my website, you want to go to somebody's website that's telling you about the weather and you want to check out that wind. And if the wind's blowing 12 knots or more, that's not good for halibut fishing. Why 12 knots? Well, that's what makes a white cap, 12 knots. If you got three or four knots of wind, that's perfect because you're going to drift nice and slow down the beach or down the pipe or down the area that you're trying to fish. So if that is key downtown hash brown. The best wind it could possibly be is three to four knots of wind. You're going to drift perfect. So you can go to these websites like I use windy.com and it tells you throughout the day what the wind's going to do. So a lot of times when it's the perfect tide, that hour before, hour after slack, that might be when the wind's blowing. So you might not be able to fish your beach that time. So you might have to go back there and fish it when the tide isn't perfect, but the drift is, and you can still catch fish. But it's really important to understand that you got to watch that wind. And don't get all bummed because you went to your spot and then the wind was blowing. You go, well, they're not biting here today. Well, no, they probably were. But the wind was blowing too hard to be effective to fish that area the proper way. So make sure you keep an eye on the wind. That windy.com is the way I always watch it. That's how I pay attention to it. And you can put it on your telephone. You can download their app. You can do it any way you want to do, just like downloading my app, which is phenomenal to have over at the islands when you're trying to figure out what's the beach you're supposed to be fishing on or where you're supposed to be fishing. You can look at my app and also you can look at my game plans and see what the wind's doing. So you can have a better idea. A lot of times it's going to be better early in the morning to fish the drift for halibut. And hopefully that's when the tide's going to be. But you want to make sure that you're not fishing in a lot of wind for halibut. I can't stress that or emphasize it enough. It's about conditions, conditions, conditions. And it's about not leaving the zone before the miracle happens. We have the same problem with the people fishing sea bass. I've heard this so many times. Dave, we went to your spot there at Orange Rocks that you told us to go to, and all we were catching was calico bass after calico bass after calico bass. And like you were, you got a bite every time you threw your line up? Yeah, every time. How long did you do? Oh, we did it for like 45 minutes, and then we left. We didn't find anything anywhere else. We couldn't get a bite anywhere else. If you would have waited 55 minutes, you might have caught that white sea bass. If you're fishing the bottom like we were talking earlier and you're getting a bite every time you drop it down when you drift through that area in 35 feet of water, every time you drop down, you're getting a bite, you're getting a bite. But you think, oh, I'm not hooking them. I'm not getting them. We got to go somewhere where we can hook them. No, you got to drift that thing and figure out how they're eating, how they're biting and try to figure out how am I going to get them to finish off my bait up to my hook. But now my dad told me this when I was a little boy, never, ever, ever, ever leave fish to look for fish. 
We spend all day trying to find them and we finally find them. And like the young man we were talking to earlier, he's like, yeah, Dave, I caught a bunch of sharks on the beach. You were there. You got to the place where they were and you left. You got to be careful. You got to be careful that you don't leave before the miracle happens. Thank you, Anthony. That makes me feel good. You got to make sure you don't leave before the miracle happens. When you're fishing, it's all about patience and time on water and trying to... Everything that's going on when you're halibut fishing matters. You got to figure out, hey, I'm getting bit, I'm getting bit, I'm getting bit. Look at your look at your phone, see what time it is. Go, okay, we were getting bit at 1. We got bit at 1 till 1.45. Then we didn't get bit anymore. We kept drifting over the same spot. We weren't getting bit anymore. Now you need to move and go find where that bait swam to. But you also want to make sure you mark down that it bit from 1 to 1.45. Now we're going to go look at the tide chart. And we're going to go, oh, my gosh, that was right when the tide was moving the most. So now we have, a, now we have an idea of what, what just happened so that the next time we go, we want to be on our spot in our area at that time that the tide is moving the most or it's moving the least. Whatever it is, the puzzle is the puzzle. And it's time to try to put the pieces of the puzzle together. But try to remember, don't leave. Once you find those fish, once you find that, that the sharks and the stingrays and all that other stuff, that's downtown. That's where those halibut are. They are not just laying out in the sand where there's no food. They are in the zone where the food is. Watch your fish finding apparatus. Learn how to read it. Take it off of auto, especially when you're fishing halibut. Take it off of auto and put it on manual. And if you're fishing 20 feet of water, that whole screen should be 30 feet, zero to 30 feet. That's it. That's all we want to see on the screen. That'll put that 20 foot down there, three quarters of the way down the, the fish finding page, or fish finder screen, three quarters of the way down there. Now you're going to get a better idea of what you're looking at. You're going to see the bait schools cleaner. If that screen is zero, to 100 and you're in 20 feet of water, you've squished that area down on your screen. So you're only looking at this much of the water and you can't really see what's going on. If you put it at 30 feet, now you're looking at this much where my, this is the bottom. We got this much underneath the screen to look at what's under the bottom. And what, what does that mean? Well, that's gonna let us see where the hard bottom is. In this zone from here to up here is zero, zero to 20. Now we can start to see the bait and see how it's moving around on the screen. And also the second echo underneath the bottom, you'll see how dense that ball of bait is. And sometimes if you have your fish finding apparatus set up like that, you'll see little squiggly lines underneath the bait balls. That's gonna be your sand bass or your little sharks. Something swimming around there eating the bait also could be sea bass. But if you don't have your screen set up proper because you, I don't want to touch anything, Dave. The guy that put my fish finder on said to run it like this. I'm not taking anything away from any of the people that put the fish finder on. 
but they don't fish every single day for a living with that fish finder. They are very good at installing it. They're very good at reading the manual. They're very good at what they learned at tech school about how to set that thing up. But gang, I get to look at the same machine every single day for many, many years. Then as I went on and became a guide and started going with you on your boat, there were some years where I would look at 40 or 50 different machines in a year. I have a kind of a half a clue of what I'm talking about is all I'm trying to tell you. And you want to take it off of auto and you want to put it on manual and you want to be in control of what you're looking at on that screen. All this stuff matters. When you're halibut fishing, when you're calico bass fishing, when you're sea bass fishing, everything I'm talking about matters and you have to understand that it matters. So if you're approaching any of this stuff halfway and and uh, Anthony, you know what I mean, half, half measures avail us nothing. Same with fishing, gang. Half measures will avail you no fish. You've got to be focused, laser beam focused all day on what you're doing and what you're trying to accomplish. And you're trying, what we're talking about today is trying to accomplish catching halibut when we go out on our private boat. Setting that fish finder the proper way, taking it off of auto and putting it on manual and then you controlling what the bottom looks at is super important. That is so important. Because you want to be able to distinguish the fish from the rocks, from the kelp, from all those different things. So hard bottom on your fish finding apparatus is, let's just say you have the blue screen and the bottom is a red color, Martin. That bottom, the, the, the echo that you're getting on the bottom, when it starts to get harder and hard bottom is rocky bottom and 99.9% .9 of the fish in the ocean live on some type of structure or bait. So when the bottom starts to get thicker on the machine, when it starts to get thicker, that is hard bottom. And if you have the screen set up the way I told you, so this is our screen and the top is zero and the bottom's 30 and, and in the middle, we're seeing where the bottom is, 20 feet's going across the screen. We're going to be able to see it on that echo underneath if it's hard or soft bottom. And then you can mark where you see the hard bottom. And Martin, all these things are available over on my website. We talk about it all the time. Everything we're talking about, every question I ask, answer is available at my website. You just grab that QR code, gang. Don't be afraid. 14-day free trial right now. Plus, my phone number is posted everywhere. I will not allow you to get ripped off. I own the website. I own everything about it. There's no way you're going to get ripped off. You go and you sign up to my website. If you're... If you fill in telephone number, if you actually put your number in there, I will call you. I don't know why most people are afraid to give me their phone number because they're going to want to talk to me anyway because they're going to want to know how the site works. That's why you're over there. You want to not suck. You want to be like Drew or Justin or the other 4,000 members that don't suck anymore at fishing. So you're going to call me and we're going to talk about it and I'm going to help you out as much as I possibly can. There's so many people watching the show right now. We got over 60 people watching it live on Facebook right now. A lot of them are members of the website. They're going to tell you right here, right now how 
I will help you as much as I possibly can. I will answer the phone whenever you call. There's a lot of websites out there, gang, that you can go get information from. I know that. I know them. Try to call the owner of them. Let me know when you get a hold of him and he, and he talks to you and he, and he shares all the information he has with you. Just let me know. Let me know how that phone call went. First of all, let me know how you found his phone number. And then let me know when you called, did he answer you? Or if you left him a message or a text message, did he get back to you? Just let me know. I'll bet you they didn't. I'll bet you they didn't. I'll bet you, though, one thing, if you call my number, 949-374-0786, I guarantee you I'm going to answer you. Or I'm going to send you a text right away telling you I'm on the line with another member, and then I'm going to get back to you as soon as I possibly can because I want you to catch fish more than you do because nothing makes me happier, right, John Rowe, than talking fishing. I love to talk fishing. I love to help you so that you can talk more about fishing and show the pictures of all the bitchin' fish you caught. John Rowe, it looks like you and your wife had a phenomenal anniversary. How fun. Go to Catalina for your anniversary. And Kelly read that. Now she wants to go to Catalina really bad. So, Kevin, I don't think northern halibut are different than California halibut. I don't think they are. I think it's the same fish. One thing I want to emphasize a lot is people put way too much thought into these fish a fish is a fish is a fish they all want to do one thing they want to eat and make more fish period that's it gang you if you overthink this thing and you, and you spend too much money trying to figure it out that's where you fail that's where you fail don't try to figure this thing out on your own don't try to figure it out by spending a whole bunch of money on stuff that you do not need. That's never going to work. The guy that spends the most money on it never is the one that catches the most, ever. It's about knowledge and it's about technique. And that's what we talked about a lot today on the show was technique of how to use your fish finding apparatus, how to set up your bait, how to put on, how, what type of hook to put on. All those things matter and they matter so much that if you just leave one little ingredient out, like when Kelly Girl makes me chocolate chip cookies, if she leaves out the butter or she uses margarine instead of butter, those chocolate chip cookies do not taste good. It's the same thing when you halibut fish, gang. If you're going to not figure out where the bait is and the zone that you, you just go, ah, we're just going to fish here today. We drove back and forth for a few minutes, didn't find any bait, let's just fish here. There's probably a pretty good chance you're not gonna be, you're not gonna be successful. There's probably a pretty good chance if you put on the wrong size. Let's just say last time you went, you were using squid. This time when you go, there's no squid available, there's only anchovies, but you're leaving your four-aught or six-aught hook on that you used with your squid last time because, hey, that worked last time, so I'm just going to leave that six-aught hook on there, and you're going to nose-hook your anchovy and drop it down to the bottom, and then you don't catch it. Everything matters. Everything you tie to your line matters. Everything you do matters. Every way you set up your fish-finding apparatus matters. The wind matters. The boat matters. The water matters. The swell matters. Everything matters. And we had that big south swell. We didn't even talk about that. We're going to go for a few more minutes. But that big south swell had a massive effect on what beaches we could fish 
and where we could fish. Now that swell has kind of dissipated. It's got a couple more days and it's going to be back to calmness. Then we're going to start hitting those south, those south facing beaches like at Catalina, like Seal Rocks and, and uh, Binnacle Rocks and all that stuff down on the east end. I don't want to give you too much because you're not a member. But all those places down on the east end, those are going to start to bite better. San Clemente Island, Pyramid Cove, probably going to bite better than it did last week because of that south swell. That south swell has a tendency to chew stuff up pretty bad. Down at San Onofre, that thing faces pretty much into the south swell. That pipe down there is probably going to fish much better this coming week, especially with the lack of the moon being just a sliver and all the different things and the tide movement and all that stuff. It's going to matter. So if you went out, you didn't do successful this last weekend, don't beat yourself up, gang. We had wind. We had the moon. We had the swell. You didn't follow my game plan. You went and tried to figure it out on your own or you went and you fished for boats. I got a real good story I'm going to finish this off with and we're going to wrap this thing up. Justin went out on a guide trip and they were very successful. They got a big blue fin and they got four yellowtail and, and the people were very excited and they had the time of their lives. But one thing he taught them was we got to get away from the boats. He told the guy, if we get away from the boats, we got a better chance of catching fish than fishing with all these boats. And the guy was like, oh, I don't, why are all the boats there? All the boats are there is because they didn't have a plan. They didn't go to a website and get a plan. They didn't go somewhere and get a plan. I promise you, if you want to fish where all the boats are, gang, you can call me up any day. You don't even have to be a member. Just call me up and say, Dave, I want to know where all the boats are fishing at. I can get you right to them. You can fish with every one of them. You can be fishing with a bunch of boats. Even a better way to do it is I can send you right into the harbor. There are so many boats in every marina up and down the coast. I don't care if it's back east, here, wherever. Yeah, because I stopped to pee and a bunch of boats stopped. That's happened to me way more than once. I used to run a big hatteras, and every time I'd stop to go to the bathroom, five boats would stop to watch me pee. You got to stop worrying about what all the other boats are doing out there. When you leave in the morning, Dan will tell you, John will tell you, Daryl will tell you, James will tell you. When you leave in the morning, you got to go with your plan, and you got to just put on the blinders, and you got to put in your earplugs. Why earplugs? Because your friends that you take in fishing – the first thing they're going to say to you is, hey, 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 Justin, there's five boats over there. We should go look at what they're doing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That just blows my mind every time I hear that. I, No, we are not fishing for boats today. We are fishing for fish. Have a plan. Go to wherever you're going and execute your plan. And when other boats come in, they're going to, other boats are going to come in and look at you. And they're going to look at you. 90% of the time, I try not to hook a fish when they're in there looking at me. Or if I have a fish hooked, I hold the pole straight down in the water. I don't need them helping me when we're fishing a little beach for a halibut or a sea bass. I don't need these people that didn't have a plan, didn't wake up early enough and aren't executing a plan to come in 
and mess up my little beach that I'm fishing. Hey, thank you, Mike Lewis. Gang, if any of this stuff sounds interesting or smart or if you like it or if you like any of my videos, try to sprinkle some stars out there for us too. Thank you, Mike Lewis. <laughs> I always forget this and Mike's always trying to help me. Gang, the stars are like tipping your waiter or waitress. I do this show Monday through Friday, 12 o'clock Pacific time. Show your appreciation by sprinkling some stars on Facebook. Go over to YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to my channel. Make sure you subscribe to my um, YouTube channel. Hit the like button. All those things help. But really what helps the most is the stars. Sprinkling those over here on Facebook. And the funny, really funny thing is the next time one of your friends say, oh, I don't even go on Facebook. I only go on Instagram. Just ask them. Who do you think owns Instagram? <laughs> it's so funny. It is so funny. They're so scared of Facebook and it's it's owned by Mark. Mark owns Instagram. Mark owns Facebook. You're, you're on Facebook anyway. If you're on Instagram, you just don't know it because he changed the name. Just like when you're driving a Lexus. People don't understand you're driving a Toyota. They just slap that Lexus name on there. And, oh, I'm driving a, you know, you're driving a Toyota. With an L on it, it's the same car. It's a Toyota Corolla, but they call it a Lexus. I'm just trying to help. Gang, I am gathering up the most information I could possibly gather up for this wind farm thing that is absolutely going to devastate the California coast. And I try not to be very negative. You know me. I'm trying to be the most positive person. This is absolutely astonishing. The more I delve into it, the deeper I dig into this the more unbelievable corruption that I can't even believe what they're doing and what they're going to do in Long Beach. If you have the time, you should go look at this. They're going to take a giant area of Long Beach Harbor and they're going to build a giant island on in the harbor in Long Beach to put these wind farms together. They're going to build another island in Port Wainimi to put these windmills together. The whole time they're doing it, they're going to be using a massive amount of diesel fuel. Mind-boggling amount of diesel fuel. In order to get these wind farms out to these areas in the middle of the ocean, they're going to be using a massive amount of diesel fuel. Massive amount. The cranes to take them off the barges. Massive amount of diesel fuel. The whole thing is ridiculous. It's going to accomplish nothing. It's going to kill phenomenal amounts of Marine Life, we're going to do a whole show devoted to this as I gather as much information as I can and we kick over as many rocks as we can and we show you as... But you all have the opportunity to do the exact same thing I'm doing. If you don't know what these wind farms are, another whale washed up on the beach over in on the East Coast, direct correlation to these wind farms. Marine mammals are washing up all over the beach over there in Great Britain where they built the first wind farms. These are absolutely devastating to nature. Unbelievable. They're the dirtiest form of energy that can possibly be made. The filthiest, filthy, filthy, filthy source of energy. Filthy. They're not clean. They're not green. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're not. They're just not. Just like, I don't want to get in. But gang, do your due diligence and pay attention to this thing because they're going to devastate the California coastline and they don't care. 
They do not care. Do your due diligence, look it up, but I will have a full show all about it because it's unbelievable what they have planned for us here in California. Gang, thank you so much for watching my show. Thank you for being a part of this. Megaphone, Apple, Facebook, YouTube, Megaphone. I can't thank you all enough. I wouldn't do this if it wasn't for all the views. Don't forget, tomorrow's Promarahi USA Tuesday. We'll have a great show for you tomorrow. We're going to be talking more about rockfish. I will do everything I can to make sure that you've got everything you need to be successful when you go fishing. Please do yourself a favor. If you're scared to put my, your credit card in on my website, call me. I'll give you a 14-day free trial. I have a beautiful website. Call me. You don't have to put your credit card in. Call me. I'll sign you right up. Bam, 14 days free. It doesn't get any better than that, gang. Call me. I'll give you 14 free days with no credit card, no obligation, no nothing. Give me a call. We'll get you in there. You'll get to see all this bitching information. You'll get to see the community that we've built. Dan and myself and Mike Lewis and Darren and all the people that are in the community that are more than happy to share their success and what they're doing. I can't make it any easier unless I was to come to each and every one of your houses and sign you up. Don't be scared, gang. I am not the one to be scared of. There are so many people out there that want to rip you off. I'm not them. Don't be afraid. Call me. 949-374-0786. I'll give you a 14-day free trial. You don't have to put your credit card in. Don't worry, I'm not going to sell your phone number. I wouldn't even know who the hell to sell it to to begin with. People, oh, I don't want to give my number. I don't want to sell my number. Who the hell am I going to sell your number to? I didn't even, if that was a thing, Jesus. I've got thousands and thousands and thousands of phone numbers in here. I, if you could sell them... If I could sell phone numbers, you would never see me again. I'd be living on an island somewhere. Gang, I'm just trying to help you catch more fish when you go fishing. I don't want you to suck. Those of you on the East Coast, remember, they're just fish. They, 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 they're the same fish we have here. They have a mouth. They have a tail. They have two sides. Don't overthink this thing. They're fish. That's all they are. Check out my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. Watch my podcast tomorrow, and don't forget, we got Tito Ortiz on the show. Give me a call. See ya.